captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl Old Guy. I am neither the new girl nor the old guy. It's me, your girl, producer Kelly, here for episode 33 of NGOG discussing season two, episode nine of New Girl Eggs. Yay! <laughs> Joining me is the titular old guy Akiba Wieneker and the brilliant, the lovely, the one, the only, Ali Lash Lasher. Ali and Akiva, hello. Welcome. So I'm the titular old guy. You got brilliant and lovely. You know, Akiva, you once thought we were having a conversation not too long ago. I have tears in my eyes. Not too long ago about the intro, the great intros that every guest has done. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what I would do is I would just come on and do the exact replica of the intro and mm-hmm. leave it to producer Kelly to read my mind, come through with that and then do it better than I did saying the actual episode number in, in the canon of our show. Yeah, I didn't even know I, we I had moved. episode numbers. She like, did she well, look that up? You I don't clearly even know. don't listen. It's it's on mm-hmm. every episode. If you were to download even just one episode of the show, Akiva, you would know mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Imagine. It was my spam. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't so I don't download here. any of I mean, I download all of my podcasts, but I I've never like clicked play on them or paid attention to. <laughs> Shocked. Um so we got a question. Normally we don't intro the guest really at the beginning of the show because you're hosting the show, but we did get a, a targeted question from Matt Stewart who does try to keep up with your amount of questions that you asked producer Kelly. And he said, what is the producer Kelly origin story? And the reason I pause here with this is Akiva knows this, but I have a rich history of pulling my friends from real life and Mm -hmm. putting them on as like staples on my other podcast with great success. And I, but this famously is my friend. Producer Kelly and I went well, to summer sure, camp together. But hold on. But don't step on my thunder here, Kiwi. Uh, like, I think I could have, like, I'm not going to start a podcast network, but I could, with the, I don't know if it's about the characters I attract or if I just don't like boring people, but Kelly is a friend of mine from real life, from law school. So we, as Kelly says, like, if you survive showing your law school self to someone, <laughs> you can come out of that friends. Uh, but yeah, Kelly, Kelly, that's, I mean, any more color to the origin story, Kelly? Would you like to introduce yourself any further than just knowing me? Um, no, I mean, and I love that you say that <laughs> as, as, as you know, as, as Kelly says, if you come out law school friends, you've made it. What you're referring to is the fact that my brother found out that we were friends and he said, who met you in law school and decided, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, no, I think the most important thing about me is that I'm friends with Allie Lasher. And uh, I went to summer camp with Akiva. Is that that's part of the It would have been a good bit, but Allie squashed it right away. Yeah, the worst. You guys, if you're working out bits, like, you didn't tell me about the bit. It's called improv. Also, like, no one would have believed (laughs) that I knew a girl from, like, my childhood and was still friends with her. Like, not one person would have believed that. I'm not yes and. I'm no but. (laughs) <laughs> you are no but. No, that's a lie. Allie, you do such a good job at yes and, and Akiva's like, could you say that again? <laughs> oh, 
This oh, is gonna but be no. fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Um, no, my my concern really coming on the podcast was that Akiva was gonna say something like I went to summer camp and I was gonna have to reveal I'm not Jewish enough because I never went to Jewish summer camp. So like my credentials are shot. I think it's a Northeast thing, honestly. I'm maybe so. Maybe so. Although both of my cousins who went to Jewish summer camp married women who were not from, or no, one was from Michigan and one was from elsewhere. Point being, most of the Jews in my family who went to summer camp married someone from summer camp. And I just feel like this mm -hmm. is I, a part of the Jewish experience I've missed. Yeah. Where did I meet well, Mary? I went, to, I went to Jewish summer camp and I don't have a, a camp husband to show for it. Um, yeah. You met, met Mary as camp. counselors, but yes. as counselors. Correct. As counselors. That still and, uh, counts. Yeah, that it counts. Counts. It was camp. <laughs> so that's right, why I'm well, never getting married to answer those questions that are <laughs> inevitably coming. Um, we have a couple of things to discuss in old business, but I, I want to ask Kelly a producer question live. And she jokes that she's not really the producer, but like we do defer to Kelly on a lot of um, a lot of questions that come up. Luckily, not that many questions come up when you're hosting. A, an illegitimate podcast but sometimes they do and we do defer to kelly so i've been positing the last few weeks that maybe the banana minute is getting stretched out it's getting worn mm -hmm. what do you think kelly about keeping the banana minute because we do a spoiler alert, have banana minute but moving it to the end of the podcast similar in a similar spot to the garner minute so that the true new girl heads don't show up and like hear the, the my favorite baby Yosef talking about God knows what. This is why we are soulmates because before uh, you said last week that you were going to retire the banana minute, I had put in my pod doc that I have just for myself, <laughs> uh, old business move banana minute to the end question mark. That's exactly how it shows in my doc. Move to end question mark. Well, and then I crossed I, that out and I wrote, we have no bananas today. So now I'll cross that out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do have bananas today. Yeah, I think the banana minute is going to come to a natural end at some point soon. Uh, we could definitely move it but, to the end. We, I, I think there was a good one this week, but I don't, I, I'm not married to keeping it going. Yeah, the people who love banana, though, make it to the end for the rest of our crap. So I just I think it, it's better placed at the end of the show. I think it, it, that's almost a promotion, right? Because when it was old business, it was like a quick follow-up. Now it's really, here's a staple segment with our other crap at the end of the show. Um, so good. I'm glad Kelly's on board. Akiva, we didn't ask you, but I'm glad you're also on board. Um but what? But I think maybe Banana's gonna go away naturally for Yodate. But mm -hmm. yeah. he's got a rich, a rich imagination. You said he has a girlfriend. I'm waiting for a minute on that. Like I think we could still have a little baby babble here and there about other topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's gonna be sad is when he like maybe he'll have an imaginary friend forever. Maybe he'll admit in a few weeks like that he's imaginary. What's gonna be sad is like when he starts speaking like a bigger kid. That then I think the yeah. segment's over. You know when he like <laughs> he doesn't have all of his like weird noise. Like all those noises, I think that it's over. But Adira is a jet. I mean, you. If you're not mining your kids for content, why have them? It's I mean, true. I think that really is the theme of this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, so we got Kelly's origin story. We scrapped the banana minute at the top. Uh, we have a couple of more follow-ups. An old business for um, Matt Stewart. Uh, the old business segment sponsored by Matt Stewart today. Did Adira watch the episode? I hope not. So check in. 
was you were warned by Av from the editing room that this was maybe not uh, child friendly. Did Adira or Mara watch with you, Keeve? Yeah. Well, my wife, not a child. She is a grown up. Um, I, stop trying to like put me in situations <laughs> where I disrespect my. I worship at the altar that is. Mara, no, I'm not. Okay? I'm not. So. I'm just saying like. She, yeah, Mara watched it with me. Uh, we did not watch with Adira. It was a co- good move by Av. I was just thinking, ah, it wasn't so bad. Then I remembered one scene, and I realized, oh, yeah, it's not appropriate. To, no one would want to watch that with their dad and vice versa. So uh, we did skip Adira this week, but we um, I watched uh, with my wife, and uh, I got her takes as usual. I think it's an every week thing now. I will say I this, that. Is, this is the episode she laughed the least. I will say that of the four or five we watched so far. It's a little serious. I mean, mm-hmm. Kelly, what I love about what Akiva just said there is that his standard for is it appropriate for children is not like are these themes that my daughter should be engaging with, but do I want to watch it with her? <laughs> oh, yes. We're all about uh, navigating around men's comfort on this podcast, famously. <laughs> Why? No, I mean, I said, Kirsten would she want to watch with me? Tackling. I, I started with, would she be uncomfortable watching with me? I'm only thinking about You started with it, but we, we saw where you were going. But we're no, ignoring I, that. I think that's I think it's a fair thing. I don't want her to go on, like, whatever the Reddit or TikTok or Twitter is, you know, 15 years from now and be like, oh, you know what? What's the most awkward thing you ever saw with your dad? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to become. Oh, yeah. I can't watch Love Actually because I remember seeing it in theaters with both my parents and my grandmother. And I was like, well, goodbye forever, Love Actually. Allie, what's the worst really? movie you saw with a with a grandparent or a parent? We did get into this a little bit. I saw Bo- Borat. What do you call it? Borat with yeah. my grandma and her like long term boyfriend, uh, and I'm pretty sure my whole family. And then I also saw Wolf of Wall Street with my parents and like their couple friends. When my dad was sick, I did a lot of like hanging out with my parents' friends. So it was like six adult couples and me sitting behind them watching like very graphic drugs and sex scenes and i was just like cool 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 but it, it has not ruined either movie for me kelly so i'm interested that you can't watch love actually anymore the porn scenes i'm just like oh no i remember so vividly being in that movie theater and just like someone get me out of here all right so luckily adira doesn't have to think about that yeah. when she hears of studio 54 on uh, French maids, but all right. So let's also, get like, into. That's also a scene that like younger kids wouldn't really even understand what's going on. By the way, my memory I just thought of. I was thinking of the name of the movie. My wife's grandma, for some reason, was obsessed with getting me to ta- taking, getting me to take her to the Aristocrats, the documentary, like that Bob Saget oh, movie no. about the dirty joke, because she wanted to know what the joke was. And she's like, "What's?" The-? She would always be like, "What's the big deal? I want to know what's the joke about." Uh, and like I figured, like all right, she'll forget about it. And then like the next time we came, she was like, "All right, we're going." What the, the movie's playing at three thirty? Um, I never took her, but uh, now it's too late. Wait, what's the joke? The Aristocrats is uh, it's a it's the it's a movie about one joke, and the joke is is just like very filthy, and the it, it's not like a set joke. It's just like make it as disgusting as possible, and there's just like, like what 100- do you mean? Like give me an example. It's like a family. It, it's almost. It's like two girls, one cup. It's like a family walks into, <laughs> walks into. You're just trying to make me uncomfortable. It's a. F- I know the joke. I'm just dying at the explanation. All right, that's it. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined it. I ruined it. No, no, please. No, the no, audience maybe doesn't say. know. Now, if somebody would be Are like, okay? "Oh, Akiva stopped speaking halfway through the podcast," like, yeah, because I was getting bullied, not by you, Kelly. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you don't stop speaking halfway through the podcast, I have not done my job today, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Wait, wait, wait. But I, I think some people don't know the joke, and you're going to lead to, like, massive Googling of this joke. That's we fine. We do have a small p- portion of the audience that's under 18. Do you want that on your shoulders? I know. You should just under, tell the joke now. Who listens to under uh, 18? According to our analytics, we have some listeners. I don't what? trust the analytics. We have uh, analytics? So if you're under 18, don't yeah, Google the Yeah, Kelly access joke. to this. Yeah, it's true. I'm Kelly should producer. have this stuff. Yeah, I, I don't need it. Keep uh, it yeah, no, no one was offering it to you once again. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't need it. Okay, it's taking forever to load, but we do have a small... Okay, so here we go. We have a small... Meanwhile, I'm like, the banana minute is too off topic, but I'm like pulling up our analytics. This um, is on topic. We have... Uh, let's see. Nice Canadian listenership. Um, let's see. Where's the age one? Oh, here we go. How do they know? Sure. How do they know how old I am? You are, let alone just they because you Google old people shit and then they put you in the proper. <laughs> oh, bracket. they probably think I'm like 22 then because I'm Google. They think I'm 75. Cool AARP yeah. has my address and they're like Kelly. Hello, producer Kelly. Here's AARP monthly. I'm like, all right. They probably I mean, like say take what you a, want about analytics. That's spot they, on. They probably have a word <laughs> bubble of all like the, you know, the like you know words I use and they're like, oh, this is like a cool 22, 23 year old. Akiva Google's throwing it back and it puts him straight into the 35 to 44 category. <laughs> All right. So we have a 2% of our listeners are estimated to be between zero and 17 years old. Okay. Then That's we have 15% 18 to 22. Hello to the youth. <laughs> What's up? All right. Youths. Then we have 24% still younger than us at 23 to 27. Then my bar uh, and Kelly's bar, 28 to 34, 41%. And Kiwi's old timers bar. Just kidding. Nothing but respect for my thirty-five to forty-four year old listeners. Thirteen percent. Uh, a nice strong four percent, forty-five to fifty-nine, and one percent sixty plus. So we have more listeners estimated to be at zero years old than sixty mm-hmm. plus. Seems unlikely. It's my probably our listeners who are sixty plus are so cool that they're not showing up in the in the demos as as that being that old. If you're AKA sixty plus, let us Kelly's know you're mom. here. Yeah, hearing myself. All right, I've taken us off path far enough. Um, we're talking about season two, episode nine eggs directed by Neil Brennan, written by Elizabeth Merriweather. It aired originally on November 27th, 2012. That can't be right. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. All right, Kelly, you picked eggs with, um, authority. Well, you actually wanted to get into some mess, mess around, like fighting over the episode, right? Was it Scally's episode? No, it was Puya's second episode. I was ready to fight to the death with him for uh, episode 15 of this season. Ah, but then that was the whole, oh no, that wasn't involved in the wheel. I mean, look, maybe you could still, you could still push him around. I think we had so little success with putting people on a wheel that I think we're done with that. So why eggs as your second choice? Um, I mean, famously, I'm a Winston stan and I feel like this is one episode, although he doesn't have the best storyline, he's still used very well and the scene at the end that we're going to get to and his reading Nick's zombie novel and his like zombie zoo voice is just the best thing ever. And I just think all of the core four are utilized really well. I don't have any parts of their storylines that I'm like, mm, pass, and which is sort of hard to get to uh, early in New Girl. So this part is great. And it's lady stuff. I love lady business, famously. Well, I'm excited. Speaking of uh, lover of lady business, Akiva, you want to give us a digest of the episode? Yeah, uh, by the way, just to... Uh, we, let's talk background for one second before we do the digest. 
So you said the episode was written by Elizabeth Merriweather. I thought that also, but I think she's it's generally credited as a Kate Cannon episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Cannon, uh, for people who don't know, is the director, uh, is the excuse me, the writer of all three Pitch Perfects, and she's directing a Cinderella that's coming out this year. By the way, uh, quick, can we take a quick detour from the detour? No, we're on this journey with you, friend. All right, we'll go. Let's go into uh, a casting for Cinderella because I'm on the on the page. If we get I am to beat up for a second, Allie. Do you know who Cinderella is? Do either of you know who Cinderella is? Do you know Kelly is like a? She was like a TA, a graduate teacher in like film. So Kelly, like you and Kelly, can have this conversation. So you don't you don't want no? I think you'll be you'll you'll like it. There's a lot of like weird. No, I like it. I'm gonna enjoy it. But I'm I'm saying I brought a ringer to the to the. But Allie, you always credit me as a current film classic film right now it's class. let me just have this going okay origins to 1960 <laughs> me anyway yes akiva tell us who cinderella is right, i guess Cam- it's not brandy but that's no that's not incorrect. brandy camilla cabello is our cabello is cinderella billy porter is the fairy go- godmother adina wait, 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 wait this isn't fun stop you should be giving us like slight clues and letting okay, us fine. guess like right. how you just said Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel is, is the, the wicked stepmother. stepmother. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get. Let Let's like have a little joy in this. There's not much else to get into. The prince. <laughs> is there a prince? I hope not. Is there yeah, a princess? Yeah, but it's not famous. He's not famous. Nicholas uh. Gal- Galitzin. Yeah, a uh, Queen Beatrice. Is that in it? Is that a character? I have no idea M- who that is. Mini Driver. Mini Driver. But the the footman. <laughs> the- <laughs> The, the least successful game of all time. It wasn't supposed to be a game. I just wanted to read the, this wild. But IMD bags is a. But this is a game. Like it's if true. you had said, uh, we could have guessed Billy Porter and Adina Menzel. Uh, and then the the mice are John Mulaney, James Corden, and Ramesh Run uh, Why Why wouldn't you say like guess a comedian who's the one of the mice? Like well, we're still not like, doing the I, game. I sort of like every the, time the game. Every time you had a chance to engage in the game you say like no there's no more characters and then you read more characters yeah anyway the director neil brennan uh famous <sighs> for being a white guy who likes to say the n-word a lot and also um he is the uh creator and co-creator and and writer of uh chappelle show is there anything chappelle showy about this episode hmm no, but I just want to be clear for the <laughs> listeners that Akiva just jumped horses midstream and went back to talking about the director of the episode, not the director of Cinderella, which is the writer of this episode, Kay Cannon, who you. is also the actress who plays Sadie's wife, Melissa. Yeah, it's true. She did cast herself in this episode. Usually not allowed nowadays. This is one of the one of the wild. podcasters. I, one of the podcasters. I uh, one of my favorite podcasters. Uh, Sean Clements, who Ali uh, hatefully refuses to book on the Challenge Podcast, even though it's his favorite show, that, and she get him in two not, seconds. Th- uh, but she doesn't like care about my feelings. Twitter followers. Anyway, he'll about? he'll come on if you ask. He definitely he'll come on if you say like Rob's network. Then I have to work twenty times harder. Why should I work twenty times harder for what output? I fam- I want less people to listen. I don't want to build the audience. I know, but it would make your friend happy. What friend? Oh please, you called me your friend. <laughs> earlier today in a message i know in this podcast okay how about this objection inadmissible (laughs) Um, uh, nothing Chappelle showy about this episode (laughs) nothing unique really about uh about about right and neil brennan he did did you guys see his three mics on uh on like uh on netflix comedy special where he tells like three different types of stories from three different microphones what are you doing (laughs) nobody i mean we're talking about 
How many Coke Zeros did you have today? I finished my Coke Zero pretty early. Some days it, ma- it makes it the whole day. I mean, wh- why can't we talk about Neil Brennan? He directed I'm going to invite you to take a sip of water and then reflect on whether you want to give us a digest for this television episode we're here to okay. discuss. All right, this episode, we, we meet up again with I JDR. Love the energy, though. June Diane Raphael and her uh, fiance, wife, uh, Kay Cannon. The writer of the episode, aforementioned director of Cinderella and writer of Pitch Perfect 1, 2, and 3. Um, they are lesbians and they are having a baby. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, they let Jess and Cece in on a secret that 90% of all women's eggs are gone by the time they're 30, which leads them to an existential crisis. Former but not current English teacher right here. Time check, 2.50 a.m. Um, uh, meanwhile, Schmidt is unable to please his uh, lady friend, the, 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 his boss, the VP with the mysterious office, who he made a deal with a couple episodes ago. Uh, Winston is working on an adjusted schedule. And Nick is uh, going to write a zombie novel, which came up a lot last episode. There's a lot going on in this episode. There's a lot of... Moving parts, less jokes than almost any other episode we've had in a while, but a lot of things going on. Let's get into it. Am I by myself at this point? Is this a monologue? <laughs> we were both trying not to cry. We were laughing so hard. I love the energy. I have to say, I love the Akiva energy. Mm-hmm. I am slightly worried about you. Why? This is the normal me. I, then I've never interacted with the normal you. What he is I'm really so energetic. Am you? Yeah, you I'm I just like trying this. too hard right now. I'm, I'm like no, nervous I love it. to be in the I presence think it established of that my, co- my, my, summer, my summer camp friend, Producer Kelly. You previously have not been trying hard enough. That's what I'm realizing in this episode. This, I've been this trying supports, hard, This supports my theory that I should be on every episode. Just chilling. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, all right, so we get – so they're at an anniversary dinner sort of inexplicably – with people who they don't spend much time with at all um, at the loft, and they're discussing the ser- secret to marriage. Their answer is having two sets of boobs. Akiva, what is the secret to marriage in your in your opinion? Uh, help us out. I mean, I have been growing boobs kind of during quarantine. But I don't <laughs> and we can end the show right here. We did it. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I I think uh, you don't go to sleep angry. Well, you That's don't go to the sleep. secret. Yeah, ideally. And if you're angry, just stay up all night. <laughs> Never go to sleep, and you can go to sleep angry. Don't like. If you're don't doing... resolve the fight. Just don't go to sleep angry. If you're doing something that would anger your wife, mm-hmm. like playing Among Us all night, do it from the her sleeping hours, from mm-hmm. midnight to six a.m. Yes, and if she is like coming out of bed to go pee or something in the middle of the night. Uh, like immediately smash the X on the game, even if you're the imposter and you're about to win. So she doesn't realize what you did and then like does the math that you've been playing for four hours straight. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened. That's just like some marital advice for the kids out there. The under 18s who are listening, the two percenters. <laughs> oh, man. The two percenters. <laughs> what is it that we call our conservative listeners? Our uh, three star reviewer? Oh, yeah, the oh, three star reviewer. The two percenters and the three star reviewer. 
If um, we're if, if we're talking marriage advice to the kids out there, is this the time that we say producer Kelly uh, practices domestic violence and divorce law and is like, hey kids, don't get married, keep your assets to yourself. Is that it? If you do it? cut this at the wrong time, you said yeah. producer Ke- Kelly practices, practices domestic, domestic violence. violence yeah. <laughs> Luckily, our our listeners are, are are lazy and sleepy. They're not gonna they're not gonna cut that and make it into a whole meme. <laughs> Oh. If anyone does, you can edit this podcast for free, and you can start cutting the podcast yeah, for that's good. That's true. And Make yourself will. useful if you're going to do that. <laughs> um, by the way, oh, so I was Please. saying, like, uh, so we we see. I, I I can I admit I spoiled myself on something pretty minor. Oh, I no. know you've been spoiled on so much more than you let on. You should be telling us when you're spoiled. All right, I will. I mean, I you're wrong. I'm not spoiled on much at all, but. Um, the writer of this episode, Kay Cannon, famously the writer of Pitch Perfect 1, 2, and 3, does not, does not show up again. I know this is her only appearance because I was on IMDb checking it out, and I, I caught that uh, anecdote, that, uh, that like uh, credit that she, I believe, is only credited with this one episode. Anyway. Um, well, not anyway. Let's respond. I agree that that's very minor, but I had the same thought watching this episode because she's so funny in this yeah. episode that I'm surprised they didn't trot her out again. Yes, and we've seen we've seen JDR before. We'll see JDR again. Um, you love you love June Diane Raphael. Uh, anybody anybody league adjacent? Allie, of course, is gonna love. Well, also um, number one, number one uh, example. You look up Lash Theory in the dictionary, and there's a mm-hmm. picture of JDR and Paul Shear. And Paul Shear, yeah. yeah, truly. So, but their podcast is great. So we got to give them that. I and I love Paul Shear. I you don't think I don't listen to How Did This Get Made? Stop gatekeeping podcasts. I, I'm me. not gatekeeping. I don't listen either. I just don't. Uh, you you, you usually listen. mention things. No, I mean I've listened to it many times. But if I'm not <laughs> these days, if I'm not familiar with the movie, I'm not going to listen. And I'm usually not familiar with the movie. Okay. Um, no. So their podcast is great, as Kelly mm-hmm. said, and you know that I've been loving his Twitch streams with Adam Pally, uh, for uh, imaginary friend of the podcast, because they do like punching up jokes punching up tweets pod uh twitch streams and i very much enjoy them uh that's fun your uh, future <laughs> uh third husband adam pally june diane raphael so june diane raphael is just so great and absolutely everything she's so iconic and just like the one episode of parks and rec she's in as tinnifer does anyone remember <laughs> that so good yes <laughs> And then her in uh, Grace and Frankie with Jane Fonda. Oh, my God. So good. She's great. I think she's underutilized in Hollywood. I mean, I know she was in, like, was it a Big Love? Or she was in, like, a Housewives spoof that people she's are like, not it's amazing. Or not Big Love. Then she's in something else about, like, multiple wives. Allie from the editing room. Um, from the mixed up files of my brain i was thinking of both burning love which is a bachelor bachelorette spoof um just kind of sounds like big love but is not at all about multiple wives i mean your mileage may vary about the bachelor um and then she was also in the hot wives of las vegas which is where i said something about um real housewives back to the show Mm mm-hmm Go to let's do a little IMD bags on June Diane Raphael. You you can spoil. Let's guess her top four projects. Oh, okay. I love that game. I'll uh, defer to Kelly to guess the top four projects. Oh no, I'm terrible at it, but I just like the game. I think Grace and Frankie has to be one of them. Are you there, Kiwi? I'll say New Girl's another one. 
New Girl is one of her top projects. Well, I just think it has a lot of hits, even though she's not like a main person. In New Are you Girl. guessing this or this is that you're telling us? No, I'm guessing. I, I'm not going to go on it because I don't want to see how many episodes she's in. Ugh. I'll, I'll do Allie it. It is. doesn't it doesn't it really doesn't matter. Um, she's in a number that is greater than two and less than 15. Didn't she make a movie with Casey Wilson that like was bad, but like all of like all comedy Twitter was like, oh, everyone go see this movie, which they do like once a month. So only fair uh, from the editing room to punch in what Kiwi was talking about. I'd like to think he's alluding to the um, great film Bride Wars written by June Diane Raphael and Casey Wilson. But I think he's thinking of the movie Ass Backwards from 2013. Um, let's see. Mishaps and calamities befall two best friends, June Diane Raphael and Casey Wilson, who are on their way back to their hometown for a children's beauty pageant reunion. It's got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I have not been able to identify what alt-Twitter might have said about it. Back to the show. Like, oh, our friend made this movie. It's so good. Well, that's what they do. Like, Earwolf Twitter, like... Oh, this my friend. Our friend made a movie. It's like a they we filmed it in eleven days in the woods, and it's like it sucks. So it always has like a four nine on IMDb, but they all rave about it. Her known for is honestly devastating. It's none of the projects we've discussed. It's four movies. There are four movie posters here. There okay. are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven white men across mm-hmm. the four posters. <laughs> There's the one woman on one of the posters. It's the movies her. are Forgetting Sarah Marshall, wow. where she plays Anne at the bar. I don't even remember that. Okay. She, so, I mean, the, the, the long... The, the, I feel like IMDb is like a uh, generator here sucks, you know? It's like, oh, this is long a very popular shot, movie. Which I saw. Shot? Which one long is that shot again? is the Seth Rogen um, ah, okay. political... What's her name? Yeah, Charlize yeah. Theron political okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Year one with Jack Black and Michael Sarah, where yeah, she plays okay. Maya, okay. and unfinished business. What the heck is that? No idea. She plays Susan Trunkman. It came out in 2015. Do we put it in the jar? No, I don't think Kelly? so. Kelly, uh, it's with uh, Vince Vaughn, Dave Franco, and Tom Wilkinson. How did we miss that one? Yeah, I think everyone missed it. It's like the <laughs> Pinocchio movie. Everybody found that about yesterday. <laughs> Last night for the very first time. <laughs> Um, but okay, so we're happy to see June Diane Raphael, and we appreciate her, unlike IMDb and several other people. She needs a she needs a project where she's the star. She needs to be one A or one B at the very at the bare minimum. Uh, instead of just being like knocking out of the park, she's like the female Manzukas, right? She like comes in, knocks absolutely out of the park. not. She's better than Manzukas. Well, I don't think Manzukas would be a great leading man in most roles. Definitely not. But but in terms of like coming in Jason as a pinch hitter and knocking it out of the park, he's fine. I just like she's better. She's so she's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you two important things? One is I love Jason Manzukis in anything. Like I was fundamentally changed by his interview on um, Armchair Expert, and I love him. He kills me on How Did This Get Made. I do not like him in almost any role he plays. Like, I yeah. don't like it. You don't even like Rafi? It's all improv. Like, Rafi like is Rafi. so... I, that's why I couldn't watch The League. I started to watch that because, obviously, I love football. Uh, and I tra- I dated someone who tried to get me into the... He was like, you love football. And I was like, this Rafi character sucks, and it's going to ruin it for me. 
So I didn't feel that strongly, but I didn't like Rafi. And uh, I just don't like him in anything he does, but I love his presence. And the other important thing is that Juntai and Raphael has an uncredited named role in Yesterday. But what was she again? I think I remember seeing Aurora her Aurora Peterson? You're giving us the name. That's meaningless to me. Well, what do you say? Who is she? I didn't watch it, and but, there's Oh, you name. didn't see it. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. That was the whole like, bit. Oh, she, she was, like, in the, um, like, was she in the yogurt shop, maybe? Uh, yeah, she was in the yogurt shop. You're just know. You're just messing with me. How have you not seen Yes, They Still? I actually thought about watching it recently. What did I watch? Oh, I watched Nomadland instead. <laughs> it, was oh, a, yeah. it was a real toss-up between <laughs> Yes Day and Nomadland. The Oscars were also deciding between Yes Day and Nomadland. They made the wrong choice. The Oscars would have been a lot more fun if, if Jay Gardner was there, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that, and listen, if the Oscars had said yes to a, to a Yes Day, then they, yeah, for sure. When people Do were like, hey, should we show clips? It should have been a Yes Day. Just say yes. Do you think Gardner knows what debut is? Yeah, the, the uh, Garner's like is hip. Yeah, she would for sure know stuff like that. So you have to be hip to know Debut. Are you not? If you don't know Debut, are you not hip? No, I, you could Close be young. Hip? She almost broke a hip doing Debut. <laughs> oh my god, I just spit, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had an argument with Jofo. Let's just we're fully off course here. That the Glenn Cl- for anyone who didn't watch the Oscars and hasn't been on the internet today, Glenn Close. They did a bit at the Oscars where they did like Oscar movie trivia and it was like these songs, was it nominated for an Oscar, won an Oscar or not nominated? And they go to Glenn Close and they play DeButt and the they're like, oh, no, no, that's not fair to Glenn Close. And she's like, hold on. Not only do I know the band, the artist, the name of the song, the movie it was in, the Spike Lee movie it was in, and the fact that it was like totally snubbed unjustifiably. But I know how to do the dance that goes along with the song. And she gets up and, and shakes her booty. That was complete plant, right? Yes, that I was plant. I didn't get to see that, it. That was Jonathan planned. Foreman was like, that happened. That was real. Everyone on Twitter thinks it's real. I was like, you don't. I'm not saying Glenn Close couldn't have this knowledge. But the way she delivered it, the amount of knowledge she had. And you don't surprise Glenn Close at the Oscars to humiliate the old white lady. Like, that's not what they would be doing here. Although maybe arguably should be. Humiliating more old white people should be what the Oscars is about. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying I don't think that was, like, the point of the segment and that she just somehow defied their expectations. It's possible. I think I think either is arguable, but I didn't actually see it. I just saw the dance bit of it, like, trending on Twitter, but I didn't see the actual thing. She was like, shout out to Sugar Bear. Like, the, all of the depths of knowledge she was expressing were, like, exactly what would have been, like, funneled to her on a note card, like, 20 minutes before. Hmm. Keeve, where do you come down? Yeah, I, I think when in doubt, these things are scripted. If you think it might be scripted in Hollywood, it's scripted. Do you, I mean, is there a world that they go to her and she just knows all of this? Mm-mm, probably not. Like, maybe that was, like, why it was planned. Like, someone's like, hey, she, you know she's really into this or like she would know about it i don't know i i, I think it's yeah i, think I just it's, i'm not saying she couldn't know it but i just don't think they go to her and like they happen upon this golden moment mm-hmm. i think it's possible but then again i always think about the time in a uh, high school when some jock tried to embarrass me by like listing a football player and like he was like oh i bet you don't know who emmett smith is and i was like he's a football player 
And then he was like, I bet you don't know what position he played. And I was like, running back. And he said, I don't, bet you don't know what team he played for. And I was like, the Dallas Cowboys. And then he was like, I bet you don't know what college he went to. And I said, you're right. Uh, I don't. University and he said, Florida. yeah, exactly. And he said, ha, gotcha. And then <laughs> our, our, our history teacher went, oh, yeah, Matt, you got her. <laughs> it was iconic. Thank you, Blake Little. Anywho. 2000 whatever. Yeah. Yep. Anywho, so shout out to Glenn Close, regardless. She's the best. <laughs> Allie from the editing room. Uh, the benefit of editing this um, far later than I should have been editing it. Uh, USA Today article. Glenn Close explains which parts of her viral debut moment at the Oscars were scripted. Glenn Close's iconic Oscars moment on Sunday wasn't quite as spontaneous as it seemed. Um, I probably should have read the more of the article before I started recording <laughs> this insert. Uh, she knew advanced, she knew in advance what song she'd be grilled on, but the dancing was spontaneous. Back to the show. Um, but okay, so Schmidt is screaming out, uh, narrating his intimate moment with his boss, Touching down on Mars. I mean, I died when he screams, I found water. <laughs> it's gross, but it's so funny. This whole scene kills me. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's like non-canonical that he's like yelling this stuff out, back, dating back to Cece and and like past uh, it, like rendezvous. But it is, it is very funny. It's a very chaotic scene, right? There's like so much going on at the same time. They're having one conversation. He's yelling at stuff, but it's very funny. A lot of great lines here, I think, at the table. Like, when they tell her, uh, when they say they're pregnant. By the way, my mom can't stand when people say we're pregnant. It's very idiosyncratic mm-hmm. to her. She she can't stand when someone says we're pregnant. Only one person is pregnant, according to my mom. Eh. Keeve, as the only one with children here, you want to comment? I would never say we're pregnant, but... Um... <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think Keeve is a... But I'm also not going to keep it. He has boobs, but he's not pregnant. (laughs) I just said I'm working on them. I didn't say, yeah. (laughs) I'm working on them. I don't think I have a strong opinion either way. I like the we when it's like, yes, buckle up, buddy. You're in this too. (laughs) I I really like that Nick is like trapped at this table on, you know, for this anniversary dinner, whatever it is. And he's very uncomfortable. And I feel like I've been there like, I'm not really like meant to be at this conversation. It's like just Like this episode? Yeah, possibly. Like, just me and women. Is there, like, to gender this for a second, is, is there any ever, is there ever any reverse of it? Like, where it's, like, just you and the guys, and you're like, oh, this conversation is not for me, or is, is that not a thing? I think that's for either of you. Yeah. I think that's a thing. Allie and I have both, like, had, like, groups of guy friends, and we're like, are they? Right, Allie? They're just talking about so, what college Edmund Smith went to. You're like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Keith. <laughs> I think um, I think it's not so much gender. There are many times I'm sitting in a conversation that's not for me, and I have nothing to contribute, and I'm, like, dumber than everyone, and I'm like, this isn't for me. Um, like, when people are ta- recommending television shows in an office setting my entire life, that conversation's not for me because – I have nothing to contribute. I all I can contribute are like sitcoms. I'm frozen in time on sitcoms that haven't been on the air in like ten years, or I'm watching very up to date on all of the reality television. All that could also any pop culture conversation that existed in law school too. It's just like whew, 
uh, this is not for me. I'm too Allie always brow. brags. Allie always brags about all the like conversations, like social activities she was doing in law school. Get out of here. Flex. Uh, <laughs> it was just um, wallowing in that loco. I, that I felt like. I don't know that I, yeah, I don't feel like I felt that way around men specifically, but many times around people, <laughs> almost always around I guess people. I haven't really since high school when, like, all the, like, stupid teenage boys I was friends with were like, oh, my God, porn. And I was like, why am I here? Wow. That's but, some Midwest yeah. shit. There, there's that's the Midwestern yeah. values. Midwest, yeah, Keith, yeah. <laughs> that's, Keith, that's why porn. I'm not in the group chat. I don't open myself up to conversations with men anymore. It's true. There's too much porn <laughs> talk in the in the group chat. Sorry. <laughs> that would only be if uh, Al- Ali's sending links, it. and it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> no, well, we had that issue where I said, "Don't Google new girl, old guy," and Alex ah, immediately yeah, yeah, googled yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> um second best thing ever is calling sadie calling her wife's vagina the vagina helen mirren i died at that even on the 15th watch <laughs> so i'm shocked you and mara didn't roll in laughs at least at the first scene no the first scene is very funny no no no, no for sure that was and that nick was really nick's all of Sadie's lines and facial reactions are fantastic. And then Nick's interjections. What am I doing here? Oh, they're talking about vaginas. I hate it. Take me with you. Um, so as the other great line is, is Schmidt comes out and he's like, you're a gynecologist. You're a lesbian. That makes you a vaginius, which is just an all-time classic. Uh, and, and Sadie says, make an appointment and you could come in. Can men? see a gynecologist and get that covered as a specialist on insurance. I know that's not like the point of the episode, but I've been always been very confused about this. I you probably could because I think if you like especially let's say when someone was transitioning and they're like, "Well, I don't have the body part yet, but maybe I will one day." I don't know. I I feel like uh insu- interesting. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I feel like you get a, certainly nowadays you could probably get away with it, but I'm not an expert. That's just my guess. And we have to assume that Schmidt has that that deluxe insurance that covers all the crazy yeah. stuff because he's so you, fancy. Right. He probably has really good insurance. Now you do you do have to bill it carefully, right? You can't be like he wasn't up there in the uh, uh, whatever they're called stirrups. The stirrups, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hashtag but, uh, excitement. Yeah. But, Another uh, classic meme. Did you recognize that one? Akiva? That was subtle. The hashtag which one? excitement. When, when Schmidt says hashtag excitement, that's like a gif that people have made a gif. No, I didn't, you I didn't would, recognize it. You would recognize it from Kel, producer Kelly's Twitter, famously. Yeah, now when I see it, use of it, I also like try not to make too much eye contact with like the new girl gifts. I don't, I don't want to like... Eye contact! You know, and I, <laughs> like I don't want to like, who is that person? I get, get spoiled that way. True. I have to admit, I felt very connected here to... Uh, Jess saying she's 30, single, and just started a new job. Hits, hits a little uh, on the nose. Close to home. But mm-hmm. I have never proudly used my face as a butter knife. So I, uh, I, I had that question highlighted in my notes, Allie. Was, <laughs> Allie, do you relate to 30, single, starting a new job and using your face as a butter knife? Akiva, do you think I've used my face as a butter knife? <laughs> no, I don't think you have. But, like, you could, you could uh, knock on Jess there. But I'm sure she has a cleaner room, so... Do you know how I feel about food? Once food has like left my fork and plate, it's not food to me anymore. Like I am constantly grossed out when like someone has food on their face and they like use their tongue to get it or they lick their finger. Like mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Wait till you have like I mean not wait till you have but I have, like I have a beard. You, know, you find food sometimes. Wait till you have a beard. He says to Allie. <laughs> Good 
Lord. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say wait till you have kids, like Oh yeah, that's true also. That's true. Wait till you have a beard. I mean, do you believe in the five second rule? Like something falls on the floor but it's a clean floor, not that you'd have necessarily clean floor. Do you do you think I'm more likely to have a beard than have kids? <laughs> Hold on, let me do, let me crunch the numbers here. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, ninety percent, baby, they're gone. They gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maris Mar- said that sounds inaccurate. It does sound inaccurate? Oh yeah. Sh- are we supposed to be finding out if that's true? I don't think it's true. I don't think we have to look it up. I don't think it's true. I don't know. Yeah. Why well, think it doesn't true. feel true? What is true is that. It's different. Like, age is a guide, but it's different, which is what is shown in this episode, which is, like, Jess is 30, but mm-hmm. has the eggs of a much younger woman, and uh, Sadie's wife has the eggs of a much older woman. So I think age is just a guidepost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we skipped the most important part of this scene, though, besides, like, all of the lines in the kitchen, which are great, is when he says, you're a Virginia's and Jess says, jar. And then Sadie says, I know my way around a Grizzly Adams. She says, you too? Jar. I yeah, just, there's jars I everywhere. We haven't had a jar. Jars, jars all we, around jars. Yeah, yeah the around. the icon of this podcast. I think we got to talk about the jars. The downstairs girl okay. cookie. Jars, jars all around Gross. jars. <laughs> okay, so oat egg. A, a, a female fetus has six million eggs. When the baby is born, she has between one and two million eggs. And so I think this is actually accurate because then I saw by puberty, the girl has between 300,000 and 400,000 eggs. So I think the statistic ends up being true because it's something I read and I'll get to the number. But like you lose most of them by puberty. It's not like your childbearing eggs. Uh, you know, so there's like, not, a, I think not that's as big of a difference think. between 22 and 36. It's just then, they're gone right away. And then by 30, you usually have 100,000 to 150,000 eggs. So, yeah, if you compare 1 million to 100,000, I think that's true. But, not, again, like, okay, if, yeah, if you're counting at birth, then, yes, you've lost 90% of your eggs. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, a fetus has a certain number of eggs. And I was like, if these fetuses are out here getting pregnant, I quit. Like, I'm out. The fetus has a ton of eggs, but not, I don't think they're getting pregnant. Okay, good. Um, but let's move on. I think we've really... I took us off track. I love I love those the jar lines, Kelly. I think they again really trot out the jar at the right times. Um, but I also love the uh, how to lose a guy in ten days. Ask Frost Women of New York, frost yourselves, where she screams, "Fertilize me, Los Angeles, and give my nipples a purpose." Oh my God, the worst idea ever. Keith, have you seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? No, I have not. Why did I feel like you hadn't seen it? Would you watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 I would. Of course I would. But um, Will you watch How to Lose a Guy in I mean, I, s- I was going to make a joke, but I'll, I'll save it for another time. Make the joke. Well, I was going to say I've seen you lose guys in 10 days dozens of times. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I like it. That was good. I liked it. We're such close friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how dare you, you save wish. that gold for when I'm not on pod, Keeve? I wish you what? Wish, you wish I'd lose guys in 10 days, Akiva. Mm-hmm. There's some guys, maybe every 10 days. <sighs> I have another Remind me next week. I have another idea. It's not fully fleshed no, out. No, say, say it. No, say it's got to wait for next cut week. it out. Anyway. Yeah. Come on. Use my you, time. This might get cut. It might get cut. It, it might get cut. Let's go. The, what if, like, every week 
Uh, this might not be an idea for this podcast. It might be a different podcast. Like, yeah. imagine if yeah, Allie. Yeah, that's what we need. Or an alley type. So it's not you. If it's not like, if you don't want to do it, it's it's not you. You famously just, there's there's every woman on RHAP is just an alley type, according to Akiva. I it's have literally no started with Mike Bloom, you clown. <laughs> what started his, with his name is Mike Bloom type. Like it started that's, with. No, but that's not you. You Let's move on. I'm cutting this out. So go ahead. What were you going to say? That like, what if every week you're like, all right, I'm going to find the guy on Hinge. And the way I see if he's like uh, a come with guy or not, if he's like decent, is he comes on the podcast. If he's good on the podcast, like he gets a real like an IRL date. Yeah, producer Telly guy. says no to that. It's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, for another this. podcast. No, no, not for any podcast. Here's the thing, Akiva, you have never rolled out having being a part of this kooky world to anyone you're dating because you were married and then you did this. It's like doesn't fly super well and normally. And I've been doing so I've been doing this podcast for like the majority of my dating years. I've been doing it for seven years. I'm 30. So I started not this podcast, but a podcast. Sorry, podcasting. Yeah. It's not like so easy to talk. We have listeners who contribute weekly to this podcast who have written music for this podcast who don't tell their spouses that they do because it's awkward to say like, yeah, I care about this stupid podcast. Yeah, but we're bringing in millions of dollars like they're doing it as people. I think the people that you would get to say like, yeah, person, I don't know. I'm happy to be recorded for 30 minutes and aired to whoever like are not the people anyone, an alley type, would want to be dating. I hear what you're saying. The type of person who would say yes is a, is a nightmare person, you're saying. Kelly said no quickly, so it was already over. <laughs> Kelly, I think, is very conservative with stuff like this. I think that, she's like the, right. like the, like the, you call me your orthodox mom, but she, I think she's more of like a mom figure here. And I'm like the irresponsible uh, brother who's coming up with this terrible idea. Yeah, I want to protect our love fern. Don't let it die by bringing on random men into this podcast. First of all, I was never bringing any random men here. And second of all, <laughs> um, Akiva doesn't know what the love fern is, but you will because you have to watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. All right, let's get back to the episode. Actually, what, what? that would be a great name for the podcast, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. But that feels like um, like if Naomi Calhoun was single, I think she would make a master class ah, in a podcast good. like that. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Yeah. But alas, she's not. I mean, she could actually be doing it as a project and not actually dating people and just getting a new podcast guest to the page every week. Sh- should we have a, like, uh, NGOG universe? Like, I'm try- everyone I'm thinking of, I don't want to, like, call their boyfriend out because I'm think any any woman I'm thinking of for this has has a guy. But if we found the right person, like, we could have spinoff pods from NGOG. We'll be like, I mean, producer parent. Kelly's just dying for a spinoff pod. She's made. Yeah, but for there, it. you would not do this. This is not. You're this right. is not up your alley. I famously hate talking to men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I accept that note. Um, All right, let's get let's get on wait, with the episode. We got wait. a lot to get to here. <laughs> business business, Keeve over here. Um, so, uh, just Keeve, just so you know, business Kelly was the Kelly in law school who had her hood up in the law school, so you know she meant business, right, Allie? And the big sunglasses inside. Big sunglasses. Um, so getting back to the episode, I want to note that in this scene where you were saying, Allie, that Jess is saying, give my nipples a purpose. I want to, on like my 15th watch, I started to hear Cece saying, are you, I, I think you're overreacting. And I don't know if that was really the joke, but I died. Instead of, she says you're overreacting, but what if she said uh, she were overreacting and like egg puns. 
Chef's kiss. I might have to catch that on my next rewatch after we finish the series. I did not catch that, but I love it. Um, but let's we get a little Winston storyline here because he shows up, he's working nights. Nick uses an excuse to go to work with Winston to avoid this conversation. I mean, they live in a loft where he has his own room. He could go in and close the door. But instead, he flees to Winston's office. Um, and Kelly, you said you love the Winston stuff here. And I, I also like the Winston stuff here. But he's like a great sort of straight man to Nick. But I don't know that he gets a lot of his own stuff. Yeah, that's definitely true. I have a running tally of like Winston bits, like a two-word summary of what he's actually allowed to do in the first two uh seasons of the series and this is just like adjusted schedule that's it <laughs> um keeve do you remember what winston's job is now uh he's he's like the the call screener for the radio station i know he's at the radio station i just don't know exactly what his position is i don't know i he has his own show right at like in the middle of the yeah night. he has like an overnight show and he seems to be maybe he's producing another show i don't know he's, he's like no, he's not he's on the- air He's no, the he producer. No, no, no. He's the producer. Like, did you ever watch Frasier? He's like uh, Roz. Mm-hmm. I thought he, he has his own show in the... Yes, like, just like NGOG. Our... NGOG is my... All right. Sometimes, so like, sometimes in, in local radio, like, you could have, like, two... First of all, it might be, like, fungible week to week. But you could have, like, hey, I have my own show for an hour or two in the middle of the night. But then, like, a show that's a little more popular... I'm the producer of that show. I think you could do both. Well, no, because he's in the middle of the night. Regardless, he's in the middle of the night. So, okay. Well, he'd be doing both. It would be like one to three I host and three to five I'm producer, vice versa. Well, now we're just making that up. Like, he definitely came in and said, I'm doing the show from whatever to whatever. So, he's producing it fine. So, Allie from the editing room here. I went back to um, season two, episode four. So, not too long ago. Uh Oh, you can hear on Netflix when I went back. Um, so Winston says that he is the producer of his very own talk show and that he's proven himself capable of talking about, like, very little for so long. So we're both right. He is, has his own radio show that he also produces. Back to the show. Fine. Uh, Nick's going to take the pen and go home and write his zombie novel. That comes back. And they flash back to the one time in his life that Jake Johnson has not looked attractive. This soul <laughs> patch and long hair was disturbing to me. Yeah, it did not do it for me. I know Keeve's not a Nick guy. Allie and I are the most Nick guys that have ever been. Yeah. yeah bes- every Nick besides soul patch Nick and child Nick could ruin my life mm. for sure. Oh, please. Please ruin my life. <laughs> Ska band Nick? Come on. Well, um, <laughs> um, but all right. So, uh, Matt Stewart says, so there's this call that kills me where the caller's like, I'm still here. Uh, you're never going to write that book. Matt Stewart says, does Akiva know about Andrew Bynum's hair and why a caller would have called in about it? I guess it was probably a funny joke in 2012 about, uh, about Bynum who was, uh, who was, you know, sort of a tortured Laker who was very good, but always injured. So Matt Stewart sent a link. I am Googling. I'm putting the link in for the first time. It's taking me to Twitter. It's taking me to a tweet. It's loading. Maybe I should have opened this before. Okay. Oh. I guess Andrew Byman's been on a hair journey from 2005 to 2013. Okay. Shut <laughs> up, Manny from Cerritos. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just laughed so hard at the caller listening to all of that silently and being like, 
<laughs> He's not doing it. <laughs> I mean, anyone who's impressed by a mug full of pens is like not going places. I like I like that uh this nobody else will care about this except for the Matt Stewart's of the world. Andrew Bynum is 33. And this joke is so dated because his his career, like NBA career is like, he's much younger than a lot of guys in the league like LeBron. But uh, he's been irrelevant for like seven years at this point. It's such a dated reference. It's funny. Is there anything more devastating than calling someone irrelevant? I mean, I can can only imagine how much money he made in in his injury plague time in the NBA. So he's fine. See, you famously care about money. Yeah, but like, if you're gonna, that's what players respond. You're like, hey, you're irrelevant, and then they're like, hey, look how much money I made, and uh... not when I stand on my wallet. I All mean, right. he's seven foot one. He doesn't need to stand on his wallet. Okay, you get the point. So they go to get this test done, which is a real test you can have done. Um, and Jess is concerned because for three th- reasons. Matt Stewart says has Ali gone three for three on Jess's concern? Too much self tanner, too long in a hot tub, and falling on a pommel horse. Where do you guys, what are you guys most likely to have OD'd on here? A self-tanner, hot tubs, or pommel horses? I would have to be pommel horse for me because I was a gymnast for 13 years. Boom. Wow. Captain High Benyard. school captain? No, I got bullied out of the gymnastics team in freshman year, and I had to join the golf team. <laughs> your school has no gymnastics team. Golf is my last resort. Uh, sort of adjusted bring it on quote. Um, Kiwi, I feel like... Yeah. You've never been encountered a pommel horse, and no. I don't believe you've applied self-tanner. So by default, yeah. I feel like you've yes. had to have been in a hot tub. Nailed it. Yeah, I've been in a hot tub probably for too long, and you like think you're like fried yourself. 72 million. Sunny Andrew. side up. Sunny 72, side up. Not 72 fried. million for uh, Andrew Bynum in his career. Not bad. I think I, I've, I wouldn't have hit. I've run just definitely into a pommel horse when you like balk, but I haven't like straddled a pommel horse in a way that I think would affect – uh, my jewels i think i've, I've definitely Though. split a beam yeah i but think that's the that's what it would have been yeah it would have been a beam more than a vault for sure that's why we know jess wasn't a gymnast she just did like tap and jazz so and Save i self tanner i got one spray tan once in my life i would do it again i'm not opposed but i could not apply the streakiness that would occur so i think by default i'm also fried in a hot tub but i also really don't like hot tubs how about that i don't like to boil in my own filth Oh, man, I'm like, that's one of my first goals when we're out of this lockdown is to go boil in my own filth in a hot tub, looking at a lake or something. I like a hot tub in a cold climate, like in a ski place. I don't like to cook, though. I feel like I'm cooking in a hot tub. I don't belong in 102 degree water. I don't. She's a Jew in the desert. He might wander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like to boil. Um, I, I Emotionally, I boil, but not physically. I, I uh, love a hot tub, but yeah, no, I feel you. Another great line is when Jess is flipping out and it's like, you care more about your burritos than my children, Nick. And he's like, you're putting me in a very tough spot. Oh, no, you just switch scenes. You just switch scenes. We're still in Sadie's office, aren't we? Or no? I don't, are we going in order the whole time? I didn't know we were going in order. Uh, I guess because she gets the test and then she goes home before she gets the results. So that's why my notes. I guess I didn't take any notes at Sadie's office when they get the test. But please. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. They just she just says like sunny side up her eggs, pommel horse, whatever. And then they go back and all the four storylines collide in the kitchen. Is that where we are? That's where uh, that's where I am. But feel free to take us. We've been on many sojourns and journeys here. So please take us. No, I mean, this kitchen scene is fantastic. It's when. 
Schmidt comes out and talks about his troubles with Emma. Nick's coming out and he's like, I'm having trouble with my zombie novel. And you're right, then the iconic line, you throwing away the microwave? It's what makes burritos delicious. It's the 1930s Dust Bowl down there. <laughs> um, it is interesting that they all volunteer to impregnate her, except for Nick, who's not interested. I love this question, Kiwi. Matt Stewart says, what is the F Mary, the FMK between the roommates, but for father, donor, and kill? <laughs> so that's, and in this hypothetical, I'm Jess or just the standard or random person? You're you. All right, who would I want to father my kid? Do you kid? normally take the shoes of the main character in an F. Mary Kill? No, but I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't totally get the question. Um, you're killing Schmidt. No, <laughs> you're killing Nick. You're donoring Schmidt, and you're marrying. You're fathering uh, Winston. That's the right answer. Yeah. I agree that is the right answer. It hurts me, but it is the right answer. Like, but what do you do with Nick before you kill him? Like, that's your own business. <laughs> um, I, like I have an important <laughs> I have an important question for Keeve here. Yes. Uh, when Schmidt walks out and says, I'm in a real life sex pickle, did your mouth water? That's, you know what's funny? I sort of missed it. It just it watered now with you asking me. Um, but I, I saw I, maybe I didn't catch. Also, my wife was like moving around, banging pots and pans during this episode, so I might have missed that one line. Uh, I lost another egg while you're talking about your mouth watering key. <laughs> I just lost another one of my eggs while you were comparing yourself to the most famous writer of all time. Killed me. Killed See, me. The Hemingway dead. stuff was hilarious because it's like, do you know anything about Ernest Hemingway? Not really. <laughs> Also, most famous writer of all time. Like, what about Bill Shakespeare? Is Hemingway even on, like, the Mount Rushmore of famous writers? Not really, right? Ooh. He might be for American like, people. Dickens for sure. isn't more famous than Ernest Hemingway. Okay, you're right. J.K. Rowling. Two. All right, relax. I mean, We're she is. She's more famous than Rowling. Ernest. Okay, but she's more famous. <laughs> what, you think Ernest Hemingway was a good guy? You think he would have been woke? But here's, Come on. He would have <laughs> been on Twitter saying about. horrible things, too. But he's You're of right. the time. It's of the time. Jake would have been Rowling's like on the, those intellectual time. dark webs. He would have been on freaking Joe Rogan every week. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know okay. Ernest Hemingway at all. I don't know what he's doing. Tell us, dear. <laughs> Tell us the thing. Here's the thing is that Ernest Hemingway is exactly who Nick would go to as like someone who was known for being this like alcohol-based like adventure man not adventure man but you know whatever like exactly what he's saying except he's not getting any of the actual experiences right is like writing from this troubled place like that's who nick would connect to not bill shakespeare not jk rowling not dickens so i think he's like the exact reference for what nick would have despite not knowing anything actually about him but who he'd aspire to know something about <gasps> kelly Pitai. Um, I agree with Ali's take in, in this Ooh. and all matters. <laughs> but I mean, Ernest Hemingway, that's the right reference, especially for like a, a white man of Nick's age at this time. Like he's the guy, right? I mean, I'm even, I even like Hemingway. He wrote for the Kansas City Star. I've seen his office there. I'm like, what's up? What's up, Hemingway? You got a Kansas City time and I'm on board. Uh, but did he ever eat his way out of a sandwich house is really the question on my mind. Could he? Would he? <laughs> he, he. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but now we return back to the doctor appointment. And this is dark as hell because why on earth are they seeing this doctor together for this news? Kelly, there's no way, right? There's no way they'd be getting this news together. No, I don't think so. It, you could only go to a doctor with a friend if one of you is getting a result and the other one is being the support person. If you're both like getting the same result, that's like law school grades. Like, uh-uh, you got to chart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also think like Cece's got to be previewing this before she brings him into the office, right? Like she's not just like, let me punch this in. Say, what did I say? Cece, sorry. Uh, um, at least I didn't say some third name that has nothing to do with this. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's kind of sad this happens together, but you know, say lovey, it does. Cece, who didn't want to take the test, of course, as this would happen, finds out that she has to have kids. If she wants to have kids, she has to start right now. And Keeve, uh, Jess handles this. I thought this was actually cute. Like, let's pretend to be guys. Let's care about stupid things. Let's talk about sharks and sci-fi movies and making everything wireless. Matt Stewart wants to know, what do guys actually talk about, Keeve? Wireless is such a time and a place, because I'm sure this was, like, <laughs> logical right? when they wrote it, but was not three weeks after they wrote it, you know? But sharks well, and sci-fi movies, that's forever. Timeless. What do you what do you find? Like what are funny tropes for you guys to like what are what are the fellows talking about these days that you're not super interested in? You tell me constantly that you know men. Uh no one knows men like Kiwi. So why what, are you punting it to like, us? We're talking about. I'm just gonna like I I'm I would go more general here, like sports or like movie references or things like that. Like what I wanna hear from I wanna hear from you. What what would like if you're Jess, what would your like joking impression of 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 guys be here all right kelly back to you <laughs> i mean obviously i'm the expert on this well it's it's also very geographical right because i live in central illinois right now and it's i can kill stuff like look at this deer i killed look at this fish i killed Ooh, I'm like, that sounds brutal lord god please <laughs> make it bad. stop i don't enjoy it i'm like i don't, I don't hang out with guys that like that yes and you're doing the right thing Eve. um so it's yeah i can kill stuff and like let me quote this Will Ferrell movie, I think, are the main things, Allie. <laughs> I think it'd be very, like, video games. Wait till they get oh. right there. Girls, honestly. Oh, it's but video games. Gross. Allie, you're right. It's video games. Here's what I would like men to be talking about. Mm -hmm. Matt Stewart says, ask about cologne, which is a reference to me tweeting to the people, the good people of NGOG, to remind mm -hmm. me. To yeah. ask about cologne on NGOG. So okay, sure. Missy and I have recently, I asked her what brought this to our, like, why did we start talking about this? Cause we've been talking about this for a month and it was when her birthday was earlier this month and we went to dinner and I guess like between the restaurant and another bar we went to outside COVID safe, um, we like passed a guy who like smelt. You guys are vaccinated. Like Stop with the COVID safe. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Not, well, it's whatever. So, it was, um, so we were like, guys don't wear cologne anymore. What has mm. happened to mm. cologne, Akiva? Where have all the cologne guys gone? Ooh. Where has the cologne gone? Is this like a pre, is this a pre-COVID thing? Like it was already gone or where it's like, because obviously everyone's gross. I think gross. it's been gone in modern times. Like I think, oh. I can't remember a guy that I knew who had like, a cologne that they wore all the time since like a year after I graduated college in 2013. So since 2014, I was going to say 2012. 
I was going to say 2012. I think it's somewhere around there. What happened? I don't know. It's a good question. I'll still wear cologne for special occasions. If I'm going to a wedding, I'll put on cologne. If I was going to a job interview, I'm going to put on cologne. Really? Uh, a job interview? A job yeah, interview. for sure. You're going to irritate their senses. A sexy don't... job interview. No, not like a bad. <laughs> I, I think I think my, like, sexy job interview. Yeah, well, I... Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'll put on cologne for special occasions, but not, not What's every What's your scent? Day. Is it Buzz Cologne? Um, I could go get it. I don't, I honestly don't even remember. It's some sort but of like, like my uh, dad wore the same cologne mm-hmm. and, and you, and I smell the cologne that my dad wore or that like my boyfriend in college wore and boom, it's like instantly it like turns your head and it brings you right back to that person. Anyway, I, I'm pro- Kelly, you seem pro cologne too. Like not like Axe body spray, but I think we need to be bringing back cologne on NGOG. Okay. I have, a th- I have a theory, Allie. I love a theory. I know you do. Um, I think it's because uh, people are partnering less at at not quite uh, the same ages. Like Akiva has a famous story where he helped his wife get perfume and then like plot twist, he didn't at all do that. But I think it's something that partners buy for each other. Like I had a college boyfriend that I bought a cologne for when I was in London and I bet he still has that bottle because you just don't use that much over time so it's like oh their like wife or girlfriend bought it for them and they were just wearing it for the rest of their lives yeah. but like people aren't getting married at uh, 20 unless you're a Kiva so their like wife isn't them buying them a cologne okay I also think <laughs> I like that theory Kelly I also think that cologne sort of got a bad rap when it came to sort of like the axe era or like the body spray like oh you douse yourself it's embarrassing it's like too much it's like overwhelming so i think maybe some people fell off there and yeah unless like your partner is going to be like no i like this smell like whatever i bought cologne i for the gentile because he it's i think i raised now i'm thinking like maybe i've been on to this for years that like Maybe I said, why don't you wear cologne? Whatever. He had mentioned that there was this one cologne he really liked. His mom must have bought it for him. You're right. It's probably like either your mom gets it for you. And then when you run out, your girlfriend gets it for you or your Mm -hmm. wife. Um, Men are helpless. But it got discontinued. So I bought it for some event on eBay. But I don't remember him wearing it. So maybe it was all bullshit. Anyway, bring back cologne. NGOG 2021 Mm -hmm. initiative. Mm -hmm. I like it. But then again, yeah. I don't wear perfume, so like, what am I doing? Like, I've totally got like the different. I've got totally hairspray. I've got lotion. I've got a lot of smells going on. I don't need to add a smell, you know. I wear perfume, like same thing. Nice, nice times, dates, and job interviews only. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I wear I I wear perfume. But, but women have a lot of exactly what you're saying, competing s- scents. So mm-hmm. I, women smell fine. It's the men who have to get on board with the cologne. Oh, I'm with you. And cologne doesn't, to me, cover bad smell. It's not like, oh, you smell cologne on. It's like, it's inviting. It, it's nice. And it's nice to have a scent that you associate with them when you're out in the, the rest of the world. That, the power that wearing cologne has, that 10 years from now, if you establish yourself as having the smell, a woman will smell someone else in New York and be like, That's Bum. upsetting, though. And that's or what maybe... we want to do. We want to live rent-free in, in people's heads forever. That's our goal, so. Or, hey, maybe it's evolutionarily unsound because you're covering up the smell of your pheromones, which needs to attract women who want you to impregnate them, which Jess has not said that any of these men, she's invited to impregnate her, and yet here they are lining up. Guess what? 
pheromones are overrated. I'm not interested in your pheromones. NGOG Cologne 2021. I'm not interested in your pheromones. Jesus. We got Take merch a for of your days. Cologne and put it on Twitter and I will send you a t-shirt if we ever make t-shirts. That says, I'm not interested but in your pheromones. Hashtag NGOG. <laughs> Keeve will send you a tote bag at cost to him. Oh, I really want merch. Like, I am shocked that I don't have an NGOG Ke- uh, producer Kelly Spirit jersey at this moment. It's really sad that we haven't done anything about it. But we have a team of dedicated experts, Kyle Picard and uh, uh, Mel Got Served, in the wings, waiting for my go-ahead. <laughs> and I have not given it. <laughs> We will work on that. We need maybe we need a fragrance. Like, oh, that would be good. Akiva. An NGOG fragrance, yeah. We Akiva, could become what like. What would uh, our fragrance be? Okay, our fragrance. Were you gonna say like uh, his character in Parks and Rec? Feinstein. No, Dennis I, Feinstein. No, I wasn't gonna say like that. I was gonna say um, <laughs> we could be like the new Kardashians. Like we'll be dropping moguls, skims baby. or yeah, we'll be moguls. Um, it would be funny. Like this podcast will still be unmonetized, but we will be billionaires from our bar of fragrance. <laughs> Someone once told me a, a very talented artist I went to high school with told me I was an artist without a medium. Ooh, and wow. I think I like we're. It. I think we're moguls without a medium. Like we we are mm-hmm. moguls without, without a following. Mog. <laughs> without, we don't have our our mog our mogi yet. Yeah. I oh, agree. I love that. I mean. I always, whenever my best friend and I do a Zoom call, we would always pretend it's a podcast. And then if we had a really good idea, we'd call it our mogul moment. We'd be like, oh, here's our mogul moment on this podcast. All right, get, get rid of this best friend. We're your best friends now. <laughs> I will tell you. Ooh, look he at Stella. Okay. All right. Um, let's get back to the episode because it's 3.40 well, What's our scent going to be? Notes of sandalwood? Oh, yeah. Um, I'd say there's some wood chips in there. Is that a thing? You know what a smell should be? I have felt this, and I mm-hmm. might be stealing this from a pop culture thing. I can't, you know, you ever, like, you're, we're both all so deep into pop culture that, mm-hmm. like. I steal from them all the th- time without knowing. Yeah, you think it's your idea. That, anytime I that, caught a student uh, plagiarizing, they'd be like, I'm just so deep into pop culture. That's why I work. <laughs> I would love a charcoal scent, like a fire, like something that mm-hmm. makes you smell like you just yeah. left a campfire Ooh, or a grill. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh. Call it uh, Tailgate by Ali and Akiva. Excuse me. It- Sleek. And producer Kelly's right Sleek. Sleek. Hi, NGOG. Sleek (gasps) number five. NGOG. I really like that. A little bit of sleek in my life. All right. No one needs that. Um, (laughs) Allie, and it reminds me of the one time we hung out, I think, once socially in law school, and there was a bonfire there. It was um, Casey's engagement party. Do you remember? Yeah, Perry. We hung out at several Jewish events. Yeah, but that's not social. That's like mandatory. For That's life. social to me. I only went because I knew you'd be there. Which is the most beautiful thing that anyone's ever told me. We got ice cream once after. We did? Didn't you what? go blank slate with us after? All right, I already mentioned the cologne. I had such a gr- I just want to note, I had like such a smooth transition from cologne to pheromones to impregnation. And y'all just ignored it. And we're like, quiet. I'll say it you. again. I'll edit it. What, what okay. did you say? I said... Maybe cologne is evolutionarily unsound because it's distracting people from the scent of their pheromones, which is what gets people to want to impregnate someone else, like the men are all offering to impregnate Jess and her line that says, I haven't asked any of you to impregnate me. I think it's important that. 
See, here's my toxic trait. Again, all I want to say is pheromones are overrated. I'm just like so consistent that I want to give you the exact same answer I gave you the last time. Fine. When are we talking about... Wait. So I know we're, we're in Sadie's office for um, the test results and Schmidt scene. My question about this is what would be the most clutch profession to have as a friend? I think OBGYN might be up there. Like that might be the great like professional friend to have in your pocket. Interesting. I have discussed this at length with Missy about uh, dating people. This was actually Corinne on ATF talked about this, but like what profession you want in someone you're dating. Like she was like talking to like a food and beverage manager at a very nice hotel near her downtown. I was like, hang on to this guy with the jaws of goddamn life. The world's opening up and you know someone at the top of fun in New York City. I don't I have to check in on her where we're at with that. But as far as friends. Yeah. Anything with like free access to things that I can come to. My grandma always says we need a dentist in the family for dental work. That would be a benefit to me. That's That's a good one. Having kids, I always thought, um, like, you want as many body parts, doctor body parts, as you can cover. So you mentioned OBGYN, but, like, just the fact that when I had a a couple kids get hurt over the span of a year and I was able to call, like, a childhood friend who was an orthopedic surgeon and then an ophthalmologist, like, it was so clutch. And then when you don't have – when you're like, hey, we need a nephrologist, we don't have one, that's frustrating. Yeah. You know what else is really helpful? Hmm. A pharmacist. Someone who, like, knows yeah. about dupes you can take or, like, can you really not drink with that? Or, like, like our family friend is a pharmacist, and that's an easy question call in. I like that one. I thought uh, I lived with a chef for a while in D.C., and I really thought, like, living with her was going to be great. But then she, like, didn't want to bring her work home. She cooked at work and then at home. Like, occasionally she'd try out something, but she was into really into savory desserts at the time we lived together. And I was like, I don't need a savory dessert. I'm a Would she bring on. some of the food she made home at least or no? Just the savory dessert. She's like, oh, I have a sage, like, scone here. And I was like, I don't want that. Bring me a steak, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, when uh, Nick makes the old fashioned for Jess as directed by future Nick. And she's like, you don't like to bring your work home. And again, we're soulmates. That's in my notes. Nick, <laughs> like a bartender, doesn't take their work home. And obviously not a lawyer because we clearly we don't advise our friends. We run screaming in the other direction. Oh, lawyer, the most useless friend to have. Most useless. Yeah. They're, they're not- going to ask yeah, you to help useless. with traffic tickets. And we're like, pass. Yeah. No, you, lawyers are, are useless. Like. <laughs> completely useless i remember i i was i ran into like a high like a a pretty powerful lawyer when i was having jury duty i was like how can i get out of it and he's like i've never been to courtroom in my whole life i was like uh you make millions of dollars a year as a lawyer he's like yeah i've never been to courtroom sorry well he should if he's ever watched a movie (laughs) if he's ever watched any anything he could tell you how to get out of jury duty what's that he didn't want to help you well, okay. like, there's the Sex in the City episode where the guy's pulling fruit out of his suitcase. There's, mm-hmm. uh, but he's serving jury duty. I mean, you shouldn't want to get out of jury duty. It's Well, I just, I, like, my duty. work was not happy about it. I, I actually wanted to do it, but they wanted me to not do it. I ended up doing it, and they sent me home the first day for good. Like everybody. They're like, we have no cases for you. How It's so unrealistic that show, sitcoms don't address jury duty. Like, these people in the loft <laughs> are just never on jury duty. Yeah. Okay. If we uh, ever write years, a sitcom, there will be at least one. Ju- we'll we will there will be at least one jury duty plot, and then we'll call it back in like season six. Like, oh, 
Five years have passed. You have jury duty again. Yeah. Wait. I is think there not a, a jury? Plot. Is there not a jury duty episode in Parks and Rec? That's crazy. If that's true. I don't recall. Do you think Akiva? I spoiled it. I guess. But do you think there will be jury duty? No. Uh, no, plot no jury in duty. New Girl. Can we get back in the okay. New Girl? Speaking of that wonderful show that we were barely talking about. So Schmidt goes to Sadie's, and Keeve, set this up. Uh, what what's going on with this scene with Schmidt and Sadie? Yeah, honestly, this is one of Schmidt's best acting uh, jobs of the series so far. He goes, and basically, they have a meeting of the minds where he tells her, uh, you know, he's been struggling with his with his boss with with the Googe, Carla Gugino, and uh, yikes! Don't do that he, again. He explains <laughs> his strategy. There's a lot of a lot of euphemisms. You're not really like watching it. It's sort of off all like, you know, you're seeing like behind him. But uh, he's going to meet the trolls and answering the riddles three. There's a lot that was of stuff. The best line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so much funny stuff. He just he really knocks it out of the park. And June Dan Riffle is great in the scene because she's like literally like he's he has like nailed his his assignment so well. June Diane Rayfield, a lesbian, is basically attracted to Schmidt by the end of the episode and makes the end of the scene and makes him leave. Well, her baby hormones are not as gay as she is. That mm-hmm. killed me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this, this episode is... was written by a straight lady. I feel like that is a fantasy of like a guy does something like mildly attractive is like, oh, I'm switching teams now. I don't think that's well, really I think it's more just like that's how talented he appears to be. Um, and it just, this is like, I wrote down the entire scene and there was no reason for that. I don't know why I did that, but it was so hysterical. Uh, I call that losing Nemo. Like, thank you to the people. Thank you to the people. This, I assume is the uh, scene you did not want to watch with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is, I think it would have been uncomfortable for everyone involved. Just so funny because when I told my mom, she came to visit and I told her that I was going to be on an episode of the podcast and she said, I want to watch the episode that you're going to talk about. I watched this with her and I, she loved this episode. She thought well, this scene was not, hilarious. She's not 12. That's Your true. mom is not 12. My mom's not 12? How do you know? And you're not her her dad. Like it's, it's a different dynamic. I'm not. My mom's not 12 and I'm not her dad. Your That's mom's wild. not 12 and you're not her dad. Ridiculous exactly. allegations coming from Akiva. <laughs> my mom is my dad. My daughter's my dad. My daughter's my dad. <laughs> oh, but no. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, this is all time. Go ahead, Kevin. Everybody. Here's a great uh, uh, joke from our friend Av from the editing room. He says, if a lesbian gynecologist is a genius, does that make a gay urologist a penis? <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, but no, it has to. Yeah, it's your expertise are in vagina, and then you're a genius. So it's genius. it would be a penis. Is that what you mean? I mean, I think I've meant penis for the, for the gag. <laughs> but you are correct. I think you are technically correct. Yes. This is why I come in with the blue book citations every week. You can't slip anything past Kelly here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but all right. So then this is sort of my least favorite part of the episode when mm-hmm. um, they realize that they are have to be in love to enjoy having sex with each other. Their sex is terrible because they don't have a connection. Okay, whatever. Uh, they all meet back at the loft in Nick's bed. <laughs> anything else to say before we get to that part? Oh, we got to We got to go to the zoo. Oh my god! I yeah. skipped the zoo yeah, in my notes. Yeah, we skipped the zoo, which I, I think was zoo. not a great. There was not a lot of great stuff there. By the way, my prediction: end of end of the road for the Googe. Also, I do not think we see her again. 
It would be I also lovely think if you like, would wait until we would get to that part, but well, but I'm just I'm just making my I'm I'm putting my stamp my flag down now because I, I feel like she's <laughs> it was a very hasty like we thought maybe we'd have her for three episodes. Nope, it's two. Goodbye. I, you yeah, that think scene it's was like they can't get them. I think what else was there to go with her? I think the point of this it it pushes the plot anywhere. It's that Schmidt is going to realize again that he loves Cece. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like what? What else could they have pulled from the? Gooch? No, no, no. I agree. I, you're right. It's they're done. They're they're. I mean, listen. It's hard to get her. She's Jet from. She's the titular Jet from Jet. But yes, I, uh, I would like to protest here. once again to this nickname that Ali is now using as well. <laughs> no, everyone calls her the Gooch. No, nope. all the Goggers call her the Gooch. No, nope. I think Goggers. it's canon. <laughs> Damn it! I sadly think it's canon. Um, uh, so yeah, at the zoo. The Gooch. Yeah, oh no. Zooey and the Gooch. The That's next remix coming from JCR. <laughs> uh, but at the zoo is so funny. Like Winston, again, has very little to do, but he's there supporting Nick. Um, <laughs> Nick is just getting drunker and drunker. And then when Jess and Cece shows up, he goes, Jess and Batgirl! I'm so glad they're here! Which is I do love the progression of like everyone, including Robbie, ending up inexplicably at the zoo. Uh, but we do have a question from Justin Ramsey about Winston's adjusted schedule. How often does Akiva's co-host, sorry, how often do Akiva's co-hosts look like pillows to him due to your adjusted schedule? All the time. I will say this seemed like a very me storyline. Anytime I have like a wacky schedule, I love to tell everybody on earth about it. Um, no. What? You could only imagine. Never. could only imagine when I, like, when I did stuff like the Olympics and it was, uh, like working 1 a.m. to 1 p.m., which I've never mentioned. When he competed in the Olympics, he means. When I competed with the Olympics in badminton. <laughs> I've never mentioned this before, but, you know, working, you know, getting off at 1 p.m. I never talked about my adjusted schedule then. So it's like, it's a vi- it is funny because he mentions it so many times. And it is something that a, a person, like someone who works in radio or, you know, on a on a very early morning local or whatever national TV show would, uh, it would be like the main topic of conversation with them always, is how early they wake up and how they're not on a normal schedule. Dan Sinensky says, which one of you would have a better chance of beating a gorilla in a contest or competition? For sure, Allie. I think Kelly. I think I know <laughs> you were only answering between the two of us, Akiva, but. What am oh, I yeah. competing? I'm very afraid of animals. I'm not great with animals. Oh, me neither. I'm not an animal guy. Uh, we're but an what would animal I... podcast. No, yeah. don't put that out there. <laughs> yeah, people will come for us, man. People don't like people, but they'd love dogs. Um, here's a question. What are we competing with a gorilla for? And what is Nick competing with a gorilla for? Me versus gorilla. What do you think this, does this spell trouble for Cece and Robbie? What do you think think the future holds for them? First of all, if you're like, let's say she's 30 and Robbie's 32, just throwing out guessing type numbers. You can't say 10 years. Like, I hope for, you know, I hope for a very high-risk pregnancy or something. Like, I don't know how old Cece is exactly, but, like, that's crazy to say, like, 10 years and not be, like, in the distant future, you know? Well, Robbie could be younger than her, but I also think, like... Well, it it goes more on Cece than Robbie. I could explain it to you if you want, but... No, no, I'm saying Robbie could be saying that, but, like, not I understand, I understand. Not 10 years with you. Yeah, true, 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 true. Of course, people speak in, I mean, people speak in, like, abstracts, right? It's like, when I'm married, not when we're married, you know, if you're three weeks into a relationship, right? I also think uh, guys will generalize with, like, you know, and this is is gendered, and we, we have to stop doing this, but I do feel like it's Robbie here is doing something where it's like, 
he wants kids in the abstract. You once said about someone that we know they want kids, but it's like my son wanting to be an astronaut. He has no means of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think about that all the time. It kills me. But it's like, yeah, I want kids, but not like for forever. And then they get in the right situation. They get in the relationship and they have kids because like, it becomes less abstract and it's like, I'm 35, we have to have kids. So I think that's what the 10 years, to Robbie's credit, was. Yeah, I think we also need to point out here, I know Akiva famously hates it, but this is like possibly the only actual real-life bear site. Oh, yeah, we. where is the person who did the bears? We miss you. Akiva scared her away. I think I bullied them out of uh, continuing with the bear site. (laughs) I mean, we don't need to do it, but this is one where there's there's a, an actual bear. Akiva, <laughs> do you think we're going to have an actual real-life bear again? No, right? No, I think he's the last He's bear. not engaging. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer for you. I do lead the witness. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, allowed to, you're allowed to lead to establish foundation. It's fine. I believe you. Um, I did have to know that for the bar, but I no longer have to know that, thank God. Uh, Nick stayed up for 14 hours. He wrote the Zia's for Zombie book. After getting some really great tough love from Winston, I do think that's probably his best moment uh, where he has the richest stuff to do, where he's like actually giving him the business. And they're, he's, they're revisiting this theme. They've really made it the thing that, like, Nick's afraid. Nick's not a finisher. Like, this is a theme they brought up over and over. Like, this is Nick's thing. And... Uh... You know, Winston needs to, like you say, give him the business about. And usually Nick's in this part of the episode giving like just the business. Uh, So it's interesting to see Nick get the business. But he writes Z is for zombie. Uh, The black guy named what? William dies early. Don't take offense. It's a staple of the genre. Uh, Akiva, Matt Stewart says you are wrong about the timeline for the zombie novel drop being in season five. Stunning. Stunning that it happened in 14 hours. Just one episode later, <laughs> zombie novel is here. I thought it would be never dressed again or become a big thing. And maybe it will, but that's wild. So then, uh, you know, Jess comes in. They're all in bed together. They're all meeting up at the loft again. Winston comes in. It's the worst thing he's ever read. You misspelled <laughs> rhythm 13 times. Leah says, 38. Can you spell... Sorry, 38. Whoops. Can you spell rhythm without spell check? Kelly, how are you at spelling? Um, I famously won the eighth grade spelling bee, uh, beating out my former best friend before uh, 12 minutes ago when Akiva told me I had to drop him. Uh, my best friend Kevin and I uh, competed for the eighth grade spelling bee crown. So I, I do have the word rhythm written in front of me because I was going to ask Akiva to spell it. So I can't I think play Akiva's this I a round. good speller. I'm a poor speller. So I am a good speller. I will say I write my notes like pretty quickly on my phone while I watch the show on tv and rhythm is in my notes spelled wrong with the red squiggly line under it i spelled the rhythm i spelled it r-y-t-h-y-m and of course it's r-h-y-t-h-m yeah that's very wrong i put it next to y i'm a terrible speller you're a better speller than me so that doesn't bode well for either but i'm a bad typer a lot of times i'll like mistype words and and I'm, i'm not i'm not i'm not a good fast typer do you think i'm a good typer yeah you're a pretty good typer I'm You're not great an at parsing out my, my bad my bad typing. But you're good at you're good at typing yourself. I'm an incredible typer. That's it. All right, this is boring. So, wait. Let's 
I wanted to to know you see in the scene. Do you remember in the scene when everyone's on Nick's bed and Jess is leaning in to be like, "Oh, yep, I chose you to get me pregnant. Let's go." And the, yeah, do you notice that. the Will the Wilco poster behind their heads? Does that stick out to you, Allie? I know nothing about that. Okay, that poster always draws my attention, and I wanted to get you like a host gift for when I came on this episode, and I tried to buy that poster. I found the artist online, sent him an email, and was like, what's up? Is this still in print? If it's not in print, can you send me the JPEG and so I can print it off? And he was like, cordially, no, good day. (laughs) You're unbelievable. You wanted to get us a host gift. The gift is that you're here taking up your entire night uh, talking to us about a show that aired in 2012. But I wanted to get it for you, Akiva. Like, yeah, my presence is enough for him. The, the camp <laughs> reunion is enough for Akiva, right, Akiva? Yeah, it's been so many years. I'm just so, so happy many to years. hear from you. I know, I've been missing you terribly. I love you guys. <laughs> I'll never say that again. Okay. Um, you love this, but this is your favorite part of the episode. Am I wrong, Kelly? This uh, part oh. where he's reading the book? Zombie zoo, zombie zoo, zombie zoo, zombie zoo. Who let them damn zombies on the damn zombie zoo? I love it. I I would watch just this scene over and over and over and over and forever. I cry every time I watch it, and I've watched it like fifteen times. They could have put Justin. They could have put this whole like book on like online only or like ten minutes of it, and everyone would have watched it. It's Mm -hmm, so good. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mike Senior, who sucks, is the Mike Junior. Watch out, Laura, who's another character, I guess, and never shows up again. Yeah, Justin Ramsey said, who won the novel? Mike Jr., Mike Sr., Rollo, Laura, or William? Definitely not William. (laughs) Uh, Probably Laura, because she got out of there. Uh, Well, William also got out in his own way. Woof, what what a dark commentary on the world we live in. Just get out. Um, all right, let's get to the guide. Uh, Matt Stewart uh, asked us about Jess, but I'm going to expand it. Uh, Akiva, will anyone have kids, any of the core five have kids while we are in the, on this journey with them? Oh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a kid. Who, who's a number first person no to have idea. a kid? I, uh, T- that's the whole point. You don't have any idea about any of this. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Cece. I feel like she gets played up so much in this episode about having kids. I'm going to say Cece. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm good with that one. And a real 180 for from Cece at the beginning of this episode that says, like, babies wreck your body. They literally eat your body. And then by the end, it's like, oh, boy. Going to let those babies eat my body. And Keith says she's going to have the babies first. We will remember this prediction for sure. Like, we remember all of Keith's predictions and <laughs> revisit it if we ever find out. Um you already made your predictions about pretty much all the people in this episode. Uh, you sort of talked in the zombie novel. Where do you think the zombie novel's going? Is it sort of done now that he wrote it and it's terrible, or are we seeing more of it? I think we'll hear more from the zombie novel, or, or I think we will. I don't all think right, it's there. Kelly, who's here live to give us a who won the episode, will start, though, with Matt Stewart. Uh, he says, Jess, she was the emotional core of the episode and had lots of funny moments. Kelly, uh, over to you. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think I went between Nick and Jess because they're both so funny, but I agree with Matt Stewart that 
Zooey is the is the core. And if we're if we're going there, both funny, and then we tie like who comes out on top like in life. Like if they tie in funny and who comes out in life, she's got a lot of eggs, not a lot of sausage. And uh, Nick wrote the worst book of all time, so I guess we'll tie goes to Zooey. I want to give a nod to Judah and Raphael because I just love her in this. But I think you're right; it's probably Jess. What do you think, Eve? Uh, Mary gave it to Jess. I will give it to Schmidt just for his tour de force scene with, I mean, you, yeah, Ju, I, you know, I don't give it to, to non-core five people generally. If I did, JDR is a huge uh, candidate, is a serious candidate here, but I'll give it to Schmidt for his tour de force in the OBGYN office. It's I, hard. He, go ahead, Kelly. Oh, I was just going to say both Sadie and Schmidt like have the highest points. Like they probably have the highest average because they just knock it out of the park on, on these big scenes but over like the total nick and jess i think have more laughs over the entire episode i agree i think schmidt has the best scene maybe of the entire series so far but the episode win he does not get i think everything else is sort of not not there uh for me uh let's get to the banana minute who's excited now an hour and a half into the podcast with banana minute oh, wait please. i had a question please mm-hmm. i had kiwi guide questions oh did please so you said you talked about Robbie and Cece's relationship. Did we talk about what you think is going to happen with Schmidt's new realization that he is or was in love with Cece? I think there will be a will they or won't they. I don't think that like they're going to just be dating three episodes from now for the rest of the series or anything like that. Okay. And then my other really important question that I texted um, Allie when I first started taking notes for this uh, podcast I was just saying, I love all the lady themes this season. First, it was Menzies and now eggs. Do you think we get uh, an episode on menopause? Do you think this is now the vagina monologues is new girl? I, I, I don't think we have a menopause episode this season. I think there will be maybe other female centric episodes, but I don't I don't know if there'll be another overt one in season two. That's my guess. All right, who is excited for the better out of minute? An hour and a half plus one minute into this Which episode. Which one are we doing? You want to do the first one and we'll no, see the second one No, now we have the freedom week? of it being the end of the episode. So we can do yeah, but I, I, think... I have to do the abracadabra one. I, ha- I know you said diminish. You labeled this as diminishing returns, but I have to play this one. Okay, fine. And then we're going to play the most recent one. I don't remember what the middle... Yeah, the middle one I responded to, Yosef always chooses violence. So let's skip yeah, the, the middle, middle one. the middle one is by we'll far the best. Just a shocking decision by you. The, 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 no, no. The, the, the third one is the best one. No, the one you sent me this morning. The diminishing returns is easily the worst. I the, could have played Yosef them all. Chooses violence point. is a fifty out of ten. All right, I could play them all. Let's play them all. No, no, they're too long. Where do you think Banana's up to today? What's he up to? Um, making what a hundred bomb pools in the in the park. So I don't agree with everything Banana does, but he is very efficient. He does a lot of stuff. And he Yeah, he shoots bullets in the bombs. Yeah, but I do my bullets at the teeter. I have a question. What? Is Banana a good guy or a bad guy? Good guy. You sure? Yeah. Cause like he does a lot of bombs for the good guys. No, for the bad guys. Yeah, he like bombs the bad guys, but like at a certain point, you know what I'm saying? At a certain point, how much bombing can you do and still be the good guys? Woo! Um, Nine hundred bombs. I, yeah. So, so I want to be clear. That was the middle one I played by accident that yeah, I wanted to skip. That's the one you I said like. Was a fifty out of a hundred. I love that. I, I love that. That's a that. zero. <laughs> oh so, my god. Because I'm being funny. 
What? Yeah, that's biting like, political commentary on our yeah. two countries there, Keith. It is just God. funny because, like, is he the good guy or the bad guy is a great question. Like, Banana does a lot of bombing. I don't know a lot of, like, good guys walking around doing bombing. All right. It, like, Again, makes political. the bombs with bullets in them. <laughs> Not great. Okay, okay. I didn't. I want to be clear. That was Kiwi's pick. This was Allie's pick, the one I wanted to play today. It's also a little better. violent, but it's more about Matic. It's more about mm-hmm. Matic, which I prefer Matic to violence. What should we talk about for the banana minute today? The T-Rod eat some of the bullets, yeah. they never get my bullets. Yes, that's been a well-established fact. And We're talking about Spooky America here, right? Yeah, and the T-Rod in Spooky America swing my, my bullets off, in, into, and I over, and I... And I disappeared them with my magic into my gun. Oh, you disappeared them with your magic? I didn't know you could do magic. I can say abracadabra, come back into my gun. You Oh, if you say abracadabra, the bullets come back into your gun. That's pretty cool. Does, <laughs> ba- does banana know magic? Yep. He knows a lot of magic, and I... Like what? What's the coolest ma- magic trick banana could do? Ab- abracadabra make buildings on your head. Then he sort of loses the plot, so I'm going to cut him off to be generous to him. But I love when he says, oh, he knows a lot of Matic. <laughs> he knows a lot of Matic. Yeah. All right. Do we save? Kelly, You you do you have uh, 47 more seconds for this other one, or are we done with this? Eh, let's see it. You could always cut it later if I'm, like, not a winner. All right. Who's in charge of the whole world? Banana. What? But Banana's a kid. No, he's He's falling. He's... in his friendship with the Yost man? I'm in charge of a trip. I'm What's in... it, where's his trip to? No, I'm in charge of his rocket ship, I mean. Oh, of his rocket ship, I got it. I got and his bike. And his bike, his bike, you're in charge of. This guy, this guy's gonna worry more about what's going on at home before he runs the whole world. <laughs> and very, very <laughs> sharp political commentary from Keeve there. Yeah. <laughs> If, if my wife tells him to do something he doesn't want to do, he says, Banana says, I don't have to. And she says, well, I'm in charge here. And he says, uh, no, Banana's in charge of the whole world. What are you talking about? So that's where that question came from. Well, that now you could hit him. Charge. You could show him the danger of having things you say be recorded because you could hit him with this clip the next time he hits Mara with that and say, but you told me, and I could play it right here, uh, that you were in charge of Banana. Yeah, he'll deny sometimes things that he's said that are, you know, famous on camera. Like, he... He claimed that the, you know, like the the cheetahs in Spooky America aren't trying to eat his bullets, which, of course, everyone knows, like, that's what they're trying to do in Spooky America. So <laughs> they never like, get his bullets and they're not. They trying never to eat get him. them. No, they're not trying to eat him. No, they're not trying to eat him, <laughs> but they're trying to eat his bullets. He claimed that wasn't even a thing. I was like, everyone like, please, that's like the one thing everyone knows about the cheetahs in Spooky America. And you're trying to deny it. It's insane. All right. Let's see if we can't get Yosef to talk about his uh, girlfriend that you saw at the park. Yeah, the Yost man. Yeah, we could try and t- have Yosef talk about uh, talk about tape. And, yo tape. Yo, yo tape, tape. Talk about his, uh, his lady friends or friends in school. Every day he comes home from school, I say, "Who do you play with?" He said, "Nobody." But I don't think he's telling the truth. So maybe, yeah. Oh, you should check that out if it is the truth. No, the teacher said it's not true at all. <laughs> it's cute. He just, he, he just doesn't want to have the conversation. 
Um, all right. Well, I respect that. Uh, thank you to our five star viewers. You make I send little snippets of them to Akiva when you guys are on my side to dig the knife in. So I appreciate that. But even if you're not, I still appreciate them. Um, so thank you to uh, RR CHCO1 Tool Wars 58 398 439 4798. Uh, Adria Clark and Summer Girl 420, uh, who says, Number one, one of my favorite podcasts, big fan of banana. So I hope you enjoyed the three banana minutes this week and thank you to everyone if you want to let us know how you're feeling you can go to anchor.fm slash new girl old guy you can subscribe and all of your podcatchers are there or you could go to apple Podcasts and leave us a review um kelly this has been a dream to have you on oh the honor was all mine uh i want to ask you to close out the show for us but we have to first ask Akiva for his great prediction. I mean, he did so well predicting whether Nick was going to get obsessed with cooking eggs. I guess cooking eggs was mentioned. Mm-hmm. True. So maybe I should have given you not ice cold, but like very cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about Kelly? The- oh, my God. What about that? I have plugs right here. And I'm just gonna- we didn't do the plugs last week either, Akiva. Yeah, I noticed. Nobody was listening to my other shows because we forgot to plug them. Kelly, where can people find you people can find me (laughs) yeah i've sent it to what's this new character's name tate so if something happens to me tate did it um if you want to human being tate (laughs) if you like feminist rants they're kind of my thing at kelly by coffee because producer kelly is brought to you by the power of coffee if you like uh tweets about radical feminism betty davis and this podcast you can do that Anti all domestic abusers but one. Uh, which one is that? No, it was, it was a ty- it was a Tyree Kill joke. Oh, did you do? Did you not catch that when I was tweeting about how much I hated Tyree Kill and some man tried to school me? He was like, "What the hell can you be a Chiefs fan?" And I was like, "I just said I hate Tyree Kill." Yeah. What's like, up, listen, man? this is what I tell people: like, oh, okay, you're not gonna have 53 winners on your team. They're not all gonna be people whose politics you agree with or who are great people. This is too many people. It's like a high school class. Like there's going to be some good guys and some bad guys. And uh, yeah, I just, famous defender of bad guys. I just don't. I honestly, How many I know this does Tyree no Kill have to do. Before? No one cares. We can edit this part out. But like, I do not cheer when he scores a touchdown. I get that he's incredibly gifted, but he also needs a lot of help. And mm-hmm. that's why I wrote my law school admissions essay on why being a Chiefs fan and someone who wanted to do this work was a lot. And, uh, you know. So there mm-hmm. we go. Here we are. Anyhow. So you'd like well, to plug the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl losers, the runners-up from the past. Ouch. I'm still Ooh. not over it. Kiva. And yet NGOG famously stands the Chiefs. And this is a so, Jets podcast. I don't know what you're no. talking about. No. Allie said on pod that we are rooting for the Chiefs on the Super Bowl episode. Oh, and I yeah, greatly appreciate yes. it. Against, yes. Against the Bucks. We're, we're anti-Brady. We're rooting for the Chiefs. Well, yeah. Producer Kelly from the editing room, Allie asked me to introduce myself to the listeners and say the most important things about myself, and I forgot to mention the most crucial piece of information, which is I have a large adult son. His name is Patrick Mahomes. He is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs and the light of my life. I would be nothing without you. Shout out to you, Patrick. Yeah. And then, yeah, go Royals. We slept the Tigers this week. So, again, Allie, mm-hmm. cut all this out. No one cares. No one cares about Kansas City. No, I'm not cutting this out. 
<laughs> um, Akiva did uh, is on Thirty Two Fans, um, which is switched uh, podcast hosts. So yeah. not the host That's of the podcast, you. but no, uh, so I'm the host now, baby. Mm-hmm. Write to uh, the great Alex Chester. Uh, don't write to Akiva; he won't be able to help you. He um, won't be able to help. And uh, this week on Renap, uh, can I do my, my own plugs? Podcast child <laughs> Nicole Horn was on mm-hmm. with the great Sabine talking about real fake or real housewives. Um, do normally you don't do plugs? You're like, I don't need to. People know where I am. Or you could follow Akiva at Kiev twenty six. Yes, all those I thought that was a true. very nice plug. It was very good. Uh, at uh, Kiva's Wienaker on Instagram, I've I've only posted once and don't. Kiva's Wienaker. Akiva Wienaker. Akiva uh, Wienaker. Well, I was at wait, Wienaker. I've told the story that wait, Kayla. Wait, 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 wait. Kiva's Wienaker is oh, a great p- name for you. Kiva's okay. Wien. Okay. Is that what your kid's burner account was? Oh, geez. for you. I don't know. Uh, did, I assumed you talked about that on Renap. Did you not talk about that on Renap? No, I did not talk about it on Renap. I, look, oh, I, can I, I keep this, things... The only reason I didn't bring it up was because I thought it was already – that's your best story. It, but it was so embarrassing that, like, I told oh, it to on. you. And you react in a way I was like, oh, I shouldn't tell that story on a podcast. Okay, well, let's tell it here, baby. Come on. This is the scoop we need. At, at 40, an hour and 45 minutes into the podcast, you got to tell Kelly this story. That my kids – all right, basically on April Fool's Day, my daughters catfished me. By taking my phone. No, they didn't making, catfish you. They catfished me and my wife. Like, they, they took my phone. They made a fake account using some lady's picture. Pretended like I was having an affair with that person. They made two fake profiles. <laughs> one for Kiva's ween and one for his no, no. would-be cheaty. No, they used my regular Instagram. and they used. Oh, the, they got the into your real account? They took my phone. There's nothing That's else to get into. That's even better. Yeah. That's even better. And I was like, did I have? Uh, yeah, it was really. And it was like, like hey, my- baby, like, I can't wait to see you again. Like, don't mm-hmm. tell my wife. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was completely oh my God. over the top insane. I mean, my wife masterminds. didn't buy it. I didn't have to, like, justify it. I think she well, thought, Well, it like, had typos and, like, multiple whys. Like, a lot of never, typos. First of all, you'd never probably cheat thought on the her, girl was too hot. Never- yeah. <laughs> thought the girl was <laughs> Well, I was disturbed, honestly. Like, I'm laughing now, but I was extremely disturbed when you first sent me the picture. Mm-hmm. So did I have the strongest reaction of anyone who saw it, think, including you? You were and your like wife? the only person I told. I think. I, like it was after that, I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't <laughs> tell people this. It's insane." It was really disturbing. I'm like, I can't imagine even conceptualizing my dad having like an affair with uh, on Instagram. So it just really shook me. It was a completely insane idea. <laughs> uh, they like, and it was so elaborate. They made like 15 posts on the Instagram for this person, and like some of them were not so appropriate. But it was like. Her at the beach. And, like, it was, like, all very suggestive. Not about me necessarily, but just, like, suggestive. Po- it was, The whole thing was bananas. It was wild. Now we see why you're more concerned with your comfort level watching this with your kids because there's nothing that they need to learn from the show. Like, they're, yeah, much, they're much more aware. <laughs> they're well beyond the speed of New Girl. It was insane. I, 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 I'm, I'm horrified still. All right. The true joy of this podcast. Go ahead, Kelly. Sorry, I was going to say the season four of this podcast is just going to be me, Allie, Adira, and Ella, and just like so many mess arounds, just pranks on pranks on pranks, prank Sinatra on Keith. That's what. I love that that was your takeaway from the most disturbing story we've told on pod. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you were here for this. This is huge. Uh, whoever made it two hours in this podcast deserved that story. Um, you can follow me at Lash Tweets. It's where you can also find the questions link. We love getting your questions. 
Um, you can put them in for any episode. So if you're ahead on the rewatch, no sweat, friends. Um, you can check out the Challenge podcast. We covered the finale last week. Rob has a website.com slash challenge iTunes. Uh, Brian and I will be back covering a two-part finale and then continuing to cover the Challenge All-Stars and the Pepsi commercial that is Make Me a Match or whatever. Match me if you can. Um, season two, episode 10, Keeve. Kelly, do you know the episode? you want to serve it up to him? Otherwise, I have it here. I don't need to put do. you on the spot. I knew you would. I- of course I do. Producer Kelly, I'm here. Season 2, Episode 10, Keeve, is titled Bathtub. What do you think it is? Oh, I don't even know. Um, I'm going to say that Nick is depressed and doesn't leave the bathtub the whole episode. I also don't think there's a bathtub in the loft, so that's not a great prediction, but that's where I'm sticking with. What did we decide we're doing uh, warm, medium, cold? What did we say, Allie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know what you're medium? gonna say. I think I think, medium. I think he got a tail end medium there. Yeah. I'll, Take us I'll home, give it to Kelly. him. Okay, so that's the episode, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next week for another classic Allie and Akiva mess around on NGOG. Uh, be sure to drink water and be excellent to each other.